Hello, and welcome to the Harvard Kennedy School Policy Cast. I'm your host, Matt Cadwallader, and today we're speaking with Kennedy School professor and director of the Center for International Development, Ricardo Hausman. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I think the subject of this episode might be uh, one of the more esoteric uh, uh, subjects as things in economics tend to be. Um, so I, I kind of want to zoom out. It's actually really fascinating, really important. Um, can you describe what exactly economic complexity is and why it's uh, an important measure for countries around the world? Well, essentially, economic complexity is related to how much does a city, a state, a country knows how to do. Uh, the essential idea is that uh, the fundamental ingredient to be able to do something is to know how to do it. And an economy is uh, characterized by what it knows how to do. Uh, and um, and poor countries tend to know how to do few simple things. And rich countries tend to know how to do more things, and among them, more complicated things. Uh, we've sometimes used the metaphor of uh, Scrabble. So the economy is like a game of Scrabble, and uh, if you have very few letters, you can make very few words and short words. And the more letters you have, uh, the, the bigger the variety of the words that you could cook up and the longer those words. So the variety and complexity of the things a, uh, an economy is able to make is a measure of their productive knowledge, of their know-how. So how, so how do you measure those specific uh, you know, Scrabble pieces? <laughs> well, uh, the first uh, thing we do is just to show what it is that countries are able to do or cities. And this works both at the international level comparing countries. It works uh, domestically comparing states or cities. Um, so, so we first look at what it is that they do. And then we try to develop these metrics uh, of how many letters must they have given the kinds of things they're able to do and how many of them they're able to do. So we develop a metric to essentially measure the number of letters that any economic unity, uh, unit, uh, a state, a city, a country uh, has uh, based on uh, how many industries they host, how many products they're able to make, and how difficult it is to make those products as reflected by how many others are also able to make them. Uh, and so we develop an index of economic complexity for, uh, for units, uh, say for countries, cities, states, and we're able to develop an index of how complex an industry is um, um, based on you know, how difficult it is to and get your act together to be able to make it. It's all data-driven. Uh, we're also able to measure something that is uh, very interesting and important, which is how close is an industry in terms of uh, knowledge space, if you want, in terms of know-how, from some other industry. So you might imagine that it must be easier to move from making pants to making shirts than it is from moving from making pants to making airplanes. So mm -hmm. we have actually uh, measured, if you want, these uh, distances of um, between between any pair of industries, and we've represented this as as a forest, if you want. Uh, we call it the product space. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Where every product in that in that graph <clears throat> is like a tree, and it is connected to other trees that are nearby, so it's like a forest, right? Mm -hmm. And and you see the shape of the forest, and then we are able to locate the country in that space. So we're able to say in what part of the forest 
this technological space is 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 a country operating in, in our metaphor a country is a collection of firms and we think of firms as as monkeys so a uh, given a forest where that is the same forest for everybody it's mm. a technological space uh, a particular country a particular city uh, where are its monkeys which part of the forest are they able to populate and then the process of development and the process of growth is essentially this process of accumulating uh, more know-how and expressing it in a greater variety of products more words and and longer products more complex products longer mm. words airplanes <clears throat> exactly so so uh, the process of development the process of growth is essentially these monkeys colonizing the forest so in terms of exactly how that kind of uh, analysis is used uh, do you find that it's useful in predicting future growth or is are there other benefits to it well um it's a uh, it, it's very interesting. Uh, you can use it at, at several levels. Uh, at the very aggregate level, uh, you can use it to explain which countries, why, why some countries grow faster than other countries, which countries are likely to grow faster than other countries. Uh, essentially, um, uh, countries uh, tend to grow uh, faster if they have uh, enough know-how to be richer than they currently are. Uh, and if they're monkeys, are located in parts of the forest that are fairly dense so that it is easier for them to move to the next tree. Uh, so that, uh, that they're, they're located in a part of the forest where the things they know how to do with slight um, uh, uh, readjustments could be redeployed to make something else. Uh, maybe with some addition of knowledge, they can move uh, somewhere else. And, and, and this forest is highly irregular. And some parts of the forest are very sparse. And if uh, your country happens to have most of its monkeys in a very sparse part of the forest, these monkeys get trapped and they cannot move to the next product and the next product and the next product because it's just too far away for the monkey to jump. So it's, a, it's essentially finding the easiest way for individual countries or states or, or cities yeah. to diversify their economies and explore new opportunities. Exactly. So at the aggregate level, how many letters you have, how easy it is for you to get more letters, does a fantastic job at explaining growth. It, it really is remarkable. It, it, it beats so many other things that have been used to explain uh, growth that it's a, a really remarkable result. But m even more remarkable is that you can use it uh, to predict which industries in the country are going to grow or dwindle, or which industries that don't yet exist in the country are going to appear or the ones that already exist are going to disappear. And so it, it, it helps you understand how the shape of the economy is going to be changing, not only in total size, but in actual composition. So in terms of government officials, business leaders, uh, I imagine knowing that is a pretty powerful tool to know where to put your resources, how do you structure your, uh, your you know, taxes, that kind of thing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Atlas of Economic Complexity and the Atlas Online. So that's um, basically a way that anyone can find out that information, right? About, you know, sorting out where, where their own monkeys are, where anybody's monkeys are. Exactly. So, so the ideas that are behind the, 
this approach are, are quite simple. And, but to make them accessible, to make people be able to use them, uh, we wrote uh, a book called The Atlas of uh, Economic Complexity uh, that um, a, new, a new version will be available early November. Uh, and, uh, and we created this online tool uh, which is the Atlas Online, where anybody can search uh, any country, any product, any year, uh, actually in any language, uh, to know what each country in the world uh, knows how to do well as expressed in the stuff that they're able to sell to others abroad, so in the structure of their exports. And, and you can look uh, in these visualizations of this forest that I talked about, this product space, where specifically in that product space are the country's monkeys located? You can look at what products are near the, the ones that they're currently doing, uh, so which ones would be more easily accessible. And then you can look at you know, how sexy are those products in terms of how complex they are. Or maybe how strategic are those products in the sense that if monkeys were to jump to that tree, now they would get closer to other trees that would facilitate further jumps. Uh, and you can also look at, well, who would be your competitors if you were to move to that uh, tree and uh, that product. And, and you can look at uh, who would you be selling stuff to? Who's buying this stuff uh, in the world? So actually, the Atlas Online allows you to do more than 20 million different visualizations. Um, and so there's this online part to answer a lot of detailed questions. but. Uh, there are profiles for 128 countries in the in the atlas as a book so you can get a, a you know a snapshot of essentially uh, what each country in the world uh, is good at knows how to do and uh, and where they are in the product space so as a bit of a policy geek myself i i loved going into it because you really do see visually you know uh, uh, graphically where how big industries are in certain countries and where exports imports are coming from um, who do you think, when you were putting this together, what was the kind of the the target market for building that kind of data visualization? Was it for academics, or did you have a specific kind of person in mind to be consuming that information? Well, we tried to to be uh, as as um, broad ranging as possible. I I see the process of development as a searching process. And it's not a process of search that is done necessarily by policymakers. It's done by entrepreneurs, by people with initiative and so on. And and the metaphor I used was suppose that uh, you went you were to spend a weekend in Paris. And there are two possible experiences. You spend the weekend in Paris with a map of the city or without a map of the city. How would your experience be different? So we want to empower people with a map. Mm -hmm. Now you might say, well, you know, it's so romantic to walk around the streets of Paris, lose yourself and, and you know, be surprised by events. Yes, but you know, you might have walked uh, two blocks from Notre Dame or from some other really cool place that you didn't know about. So, so we want to empower people with, a, with this map mm -hmm. and with the possibility to explore. So that explorers, you reduce the risk of exploration so maybe that would generate more entrepreneurship, more more risk taking because you reduce the the risks of uh, of any particular adventure by knowing better what a, a society is kind of capable of doing, uh, and uh, for policymakers it also helps them understand 
uh, what are ridiculous ideas in terms of trying to make things for which you really are not ready for yet versus what are a really a low-hanging fruit that with a little effort might be very successful. I sometimes think of that as uh, rowing downstream. Uh, you get a little bit faster if you tend to row downstream towards the things that, uh, you know, without too much effort are bound to, be, to, to take place, to happen, to be successful. Well, Professor Ricardo Hausman, thank you so much for being on here. Uh, you can find the Atlas at, uh, is it the Atlas online? Can you just Google it? or Yeah, atlas.cid.harvard.edu. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. You've been listening to HKS PolicyCast, a production of Harvard Kennedy School. Hear more interviews at hks.harvard.edu slash policycast. And join the conversation on Twitter at hashtag policycast. Mm-hmm.